Produced by Podcast Architects. Welcome back to another episode of The Path Forward. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Rick Fernandez, and we talk about education, innovation, and all things uh, serving students. And today, we're serving some of our older students, and we have a, some special guests. So please, Dr. Nate, introduce yourself first. I'm Dr. Nate Templeton, and I'm department head and associate professor at A&M Commerce. And? I'm Dr. Melissa Arambidi, and I am associate professor and doctoral program coordinator. It feels like I can't get away from the A&M. Everything we've done is A&M affiliated somehow. We've had Havelinas, we've had you guys, we've got obviously our Aggies, so we are well entrenched within the A&M system. So tell me a little bit about how did you get started in education? How did you know, all right, I want to go help uh, students and do it at a level where I'm helping the servers of kids? Yeah, I think for most professors will probably agree that that passion starts early. Okay. And it's not something you say at one point, I want to go to higher ed and I want to be a professor. So for me, I was a band director and had a very... Hold on, hold on, where at? I got to ask. Uh, at Timpson. Yeah. And Gladewater. Okay. And a little small place called yes. Trinidad. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So um, I knew early on that I wanted to be a band director. I was a trumpet player. I was a good trumpet, uh, good band kid and a great band director, a guy named Mitchell Smith. Uh, gave me a baton and an old Arthur Fiedler Boston Pops recording of marches, <laughs> and uh, I just sort of fell in love with it. You know, and it became part of what I did in high school and, and in college. And then, uh, you know, once I got my doctorate, I knew that I did not want to be a, a performer or a professional conductor. Right. And so I went into administration, uh, did my doctorate at Liberty University, and just just love it. So I wanted an opportunity to share my passion for learning and leading with other people. Are you in the band too? I am not in the band. We could have had but a little quartet. <laughs> we could have been getting after yeah, it. Yeah, that, okay. that would not be pretty. You've got to have rhythm to get in the band. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but I, did, I too knew early on that I wanted to do something with kids. And what better than to get into the field of education. So I came up through the ranks, uh, started as a classroom teacher, and loved it, but knew that I wanted to do more, and eventually moved into campus administration, and then went to central office administration. Uh, combined did that for about 15 years and then um, thought okay now what's next <laughs> you had enough yeah. <laughs> what yeah, exactly I mean it was great uh, I love it you know um, but I was ready to do something different and so that's kind of how I landed in higher ed and thought well let me share some of my experiences and some of my learning with um, aspiring administrators you don't know, you think it's common you know Melissa that 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 what next question what's next question uh -huh. is common in, in administrators you know you're, you're on the campus level you're in the trenches you're doing the work and at some point you go <sighs> yeah what's next I'm tired <laughs> yeah yeah. Yes, as a, as a recovering superintendent, yes. It, yes. It, um, you give a lot, a lot of yourself, a lot of your soul. It, you pour it into the kids and the community and your teachers and your staff. Uh, and a lot, at a lot of times, it's a sacrifice of your own family. Um, right. You know, I got three, three kids and a wife, and I'm a lot of times serving others, you know, helping kids. Sure. Um, so I, I totally, I understand, you know, just sometimes you got to take a deep breath. Um, so let's talk a little bit. I, I love research um, and, and if I if I weren't an educator I could do a lot more of it and spend some time writing and I, I found that love at Sam Houston State in my doctoral program what is it that you're doing at A&M Commerce that you feel like is great for our next generation of leaders well we're student-centric for one and we're all practitioners and so I know in my class and Melissa will speak to this as well you know I prepare leaders as if they're gonna work in my kids school do I want say that again I got because that that is 
that is something I have not heard from a, a higher ed. I prepare leaders as if they're going to be the leadership of my kids' school. They're going to be the principal, the superintendent in my kids' school. And so it's a personal connection. What do they need to know beyond the textbook? How, how do they lead in a way that not only you know, captures what's best for kids, but also makes a community collaborative environment out of it? And the superintendent, you know that community is important. Sure. And, and how you lead that community, whether it's in the school or outside the school, that, that's an important part of what we do. And so for me personally, you know, my research areas are in, in brown boys, black boys, you know, achievement gaps. Sure. Uh, that's a passion. Uh, this is a black male, you know, uh, growing up uh, in uh, East Texas where we did not have a lot of racial overtones and issues at that time. And, but we did have the same achievement issues and achievement gaps that are going on now. But uh, I grew up in Kilgore and it was like, you know, we're going to do the best we can for kids. We're going to take this, this young man where he is now. We're going to take him as far as we can go and drop him off to what's next. And, and that has nothing to do with standardized testing. And right. I know that's the, the window we're in right now. It has more to do with, with what's best for, for young people. And so that same perspective in higher ed, they're not kids, although we're a bit older than a lot of them, but it's the same, uh, same focus. You know, how do I prepare this young man or this young lady to get out into the world and practice and be not only successful mm -hmm. in, in what they're doing, but to inspire other people to be successful in their craft. And when you can do that from a leadership perspective, that's how you change the culture of a school mm -hmm. and make a school a productive and environmental, uh, an exciting place for kids to be. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think that um, what you said in, in, has become, I've always used that when I'm speaking to teachers, like I have to ensure that whatever's happening in the classroom is just is of quality of what I would expect for my own kids, right. right? And so if I would not put a, my own children in a classroom with a teacher in a school district, then I've got to do some thinking about what is, what's our priority and what do we have to have in terms of every student. So uh, that, that's why I asked you to repeat that because that has always weighed heavy on me. It's like I'm, I would never accept anything less for anyone's kid than I would accept for my own kid. So um, I... I I've not heard that from a higher ed uh, professional, and uh, I know a lot of them, so we had, I haven't heard that perspective. It's good to hear that perspective coming from, you know, practitioner every day, dealing with kids and, and administrators and teachers and communities, so I just wanted to make that note. All right, I'm sorry. Give us your, your take. What are we doing? Well, I think one of the, you know, one of the movements is certainly online learning mm -hmm. for, you know, all students and especially for higher ed. And so while our doctorate program is 100% online, we have to make really concerted efforts to build those connections, build those relationships with our students. And I think that's something we do really well. It is not uncommon to see us presenting with our students. As um, I saw, as yes. I mentioned, when I, I, I visited one of your presentations and you had students presenting with you. Yes. Right. Yeah, we present with them, we publish with them. Um, we really work hard to build those relationships, our residency uh, requirement is built in there specifically and designed specifically to help us work with our students in building those connections, building relationships, and getting them out in the field and we're out in the field with them. What would you say, um, as you're seeing uh, new students, I would assume every semester, what's the biggest need? What are, what are some of the things like, okay, clearly our, our next crop are needing more of this, less of this. Anything come to mind that you can, you can kind of pinpoint on in terms of leadership? I think that as a whole, education needs to look less at testing in terms of how we use testing 
and use testing more as a diagnostic tool. Okay. And so one of the things I teach a, a class called um, instructional administration. And so one of the things we do in there is we don't talk about seven out of 10 correct or 70% or whether we're, you know, A district or right. B district. We talk about making the data real. Mm -hmm. That is, give the data a name. So where are the gaps? Where are the trends in the gaps? And more importantly, where are the misunderstandings in some of those gaps? When you do that, you get to the same end result. You're still talking about achievement sure. and test scores, but it's, it's more organic. Now it's student-driven, it's student-centric. And now I'm looking at how to make little Nate get from this level to this level, or, or little Johnny or little Melissa, yeah. rather than the school needs to make a 70 you know, in order to keep our accountability rate, uh, record going. And uh, I know that Dr. Aaron Beatty teaches uh, a data class in the master's program and does a lot of the same, Melissa. Yeah, we, um, we actually give our students many opportunities to work with real data. And we have an entire course that is built around them going in and pulling real data reports. And we sit there and we walk them through it and we help them interpret the data, find meaning in the data, and then do the what's next part. Um, we have really fashioned our entire master's program over the new testing requirements with the 268 and the PASL. So um, we really try to stay current with um, all of the different requirements, the, make the, sure our students are ready. You, I mean, you hit on it like the, the biggest piece that I see has, has been missing is the so what, right? Yeah. So yeah. Now, now we know, right. now what? What right. are we going to do with it? Um, I, and I, I want your perspective on this. I've, I've always preached to, to our teachers and administrators that um, you know we, we get so involved in either remediation or all of these things for kids, and if we don't understand why they, they didn't get with our, our instruction the first time, that's probably where we got to start. And so I believe in building professional development around the, the first initial instruction. Like if I was going to say, what, where do you spend the majority of your time? It's there. And I always go back to a story about uh, my wife and I, right? So the very first time I, we went on a date, I had a specific blue long sleeve shirt on. She made a comment about that specific blonde, something to the effect of that that uh, that blue shirt. It is, um, I don't, whatever, you know. It was it was something it was complimentary, but the way in, the, in which she in, in which she said it was very specific, and so now now I'm going back to that shirt, time and time again subconsciously because I heard that that was uh, that, that something that she liked, right? And so that first initial instruction, when we have an opportunity to coach teachers. Or, or when we're in the classroom with them, the specificity of what we give them their first, their first shot, because they're giving us our, their best on their first shot, mm -hmm. right? Um, you don't, you're not going to use your hat and go, you know, ask my wife on a date and think of my second best, you know, opening opening line, right? It's always the best one. So when we start looking at remediation, I feel like, oh man, it's kind of we're dealing with autopsy, mm -hmm. and we're trying to figure it out. But if we start with that best, that best initial instruction. And the feedback is very specific on that best instruction. And I think that is um, a piece that we're, we're, we're kind of missing because we're just so, like you said, testing and data and remediation and remediation and, and you know, tutorials, which, which we all need and right. we'll never stop. Um, but I think we get that first shot down a little bit better. I think some of those problems, some of those gaps will ease, right? Because we have an opportunity there the first time we have the kids. I think you look at, if you would, from this perspective, every teacher should be on a growth plan. 
Now, that's the T-test model. If you're a great teacher, how do you become an even greater teacher? Right. If you're a, a moderate teacher, how do you become more proficient? That same understanding then should transfer to students. Where yes. Every student is on some sort of plan. You're on a coaching plan. Exactly right. right. Whether you're you know, meeting grade level, approaching grade level, or, or whatever it is. Yeah. How do you take students to the next level? And, and I think one of the things missing in education right now is the ability uh, of leaders to coach teachers mm -hmm. to improve practice. Right. And I know that's one of the, the focus that we're going to bring into our doctoral program, uh, Dr. Embiidi, when we talk about uh, those coaching models yes. and bringing in, in, in a, a how to become a, a, an instructional coach. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so we're, we always are looking at different innovative ways to make our doctoral program um, unique and appealing mm -hmm. and also practical. Um, and as you know, superintendent certification is part of what a lot of our aspiring administrators are sure. seeking. And so currently we have a, our superintendent certification program is built into our doctorate program. So they can actually earn three courses towards their doctorate degree while earning their superintendent certification. And so we're looking to expand those opportunities for our students and looking at maybe learn, um, earning some kind of leadership coaching certification right. to go along, you know, for those that are already superintendent certified, but they need something different. Yep. Um, so that, and we can build those courses and work and put those towards the credit hours of a doctor degree. You know, coaching is the, the other piece of it on the administrative side that if I was going to have, invest all my time and resources, that, that would be it. Um, I, I, I probably differ from a lot of my colleagues in, you know, I hear a lot of the coaching is non-evaluative, it's, it's a relationship. But then I think back to, no, I've never had a coach, basketball, it, it, I've never had a coach that didn't evaluate my performance. Right. Right. I, because that's exactly what it is. And, and my coach, so I, I played basketball at Sam Houston State, I didn't go a whole week without receiving feedback. And, and, and sometimes that feedback was, was critical of, of how I was practicing or my skill set or how I needed to improve. But that was coaching. You wouldn't expect. Mm -hmm. So, band director, right. would you only practice one day a week and 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 expect kids to be able to perform when it's time uh, on on Friday night? And I, I I feel like we got to quit thinking that it's non-evaluative. And it, no, it is because that's what that's what we. Your trainer at the gym. You go to the gym. Do they just say, eh. right? No. Like well, I'm here to help, and you understand that, and that's that's why we're here. And so this process is going to be, it's always evaluative, because how are you going to improve if it's not, if you're not going to um, evaluate the success or, or, or the need to grow? So I, I, the relationship part, absolutely. Um, but I, I'm, not, I'm not for the, well, it's not evaluative. Well, that, to me, that means you can take it or leave it, right? Right. So okay. I don't know, I, that's just my take. Um, but coaching is absolutely, if, if you're not spending time on that. You know. I think the underlying tenor of coaching as being an evaluation tool just has a different um, undertone, I think, is the, I, I think is the goal of, of using T-Test yeah. as a coaching model. <laughs> yes, and, and because our, our, our field, it's not, it has not, that's always been a scary term, yes. right? The evaluation or yes. what have you. But it's like anything else, if you start there, right? So if you've got new new teachers coming in and hey, this is just the way we do business, right? You're a new teacher on my campus, fresh out of the university system. Uh, know that you're gonna, you're gonna be coached. Um, I'm gonna give you some feedback. It's gonna be very specific and I'm here to help you grow. 
and then eventually it just becomes part of what we do. And the last part you said is, is really key. I'm here to help you grow. Yes. And so it's about relationships. It's it's not a, you know, I got your moment, although some evaluation instruments are used that way. But yes. you know, what we try to instill in, in all of our students, whether it's masters or, or, or doctoral, uh, is leadership through presence. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that, that understanding, then there is that relationship that you build with, with, with teachers. I'm here with you, I'm, I'm here a part of you. And so when I was a principal, you know, I was in the classrooms and when I was in the classroom, I was a student. So I, I participated like a student. You know, I did labs with, with the students you and, and with the teachers. Yeah. And so when you're there that often, then you're just a fixture. You're a part of the process. Yes. And it's part of what's expected. And now when you talk to teachers and you're giving bite-sized improvement, you know, hey, I saw this for 20 minutes today. This is great. You know, help me understand what the last, uh, you know, two or three things were about there. Yep. Hey, hey, one great idea may be to kind of shift that around. You know, what, do, what do you think about that? And then it's a, it's a conversation, right. you know, about growth between two professional educators. No, absolutely, absolutely. So that, that was, uh, you know, I, I know that it's hard because sometimes you come in as the new superintendent, new principal, and there's already a culture there. And so right. you're working kind of uh, two ways, right? You've got, you, obviously, you're responsible for the growth of the kids, and you're trying to grow the culture and instill your own your own culture within the system. So it can be it can be tricky, no yeah. doubt. Um, but we all enter this profession, and sometimes I think, well, we're, there's not an expectation for us to continue to evolve and grow. Even though we all say, if you went to a room full of, of educators, they all say they're life, lifelong learners, right? Right, right. exactly. Um, but what does that what does that look like in practice? Like, that means, hey, this year, no matter if you're the first year or you're 20 year we've got an expectation to continue to evolve because guess what? The needs are evolving for sure as we're, as we're there. So, all right. So I was asking off, off camera, what do y'all do for fun when y'all are not helping administrators uh, get to their next level? So you said golf. I like to golf. What's your handicap? Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and so uh, I am the Barney Fife of golf. I have all the right stuff. You know, I, I got the Nike golf stuff back when it was hot and uh, you know, but I, I don't play that well. You know, I'm kind of a double, triple bogey golf guy that's most, not, most that, days, you know. That's not but bad. It's just relaxing. It's about being outside, being with nature, you know, chasing that little white ball around. Do you, do, you, you have a, do you have friends that you go with regularly? Absolutely. If I asked them, if I texted them right now, would they say you cheat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. Uh, it's, no need to pull Yeah. It's, There's like, even no need to text them. They would just say, no. okay. Well, I mean, you know, for, for me, it's almost like putt-putt. You know, if you're, if you're at a tree. Oh, you know, hey, what's, you know, just move it out a little bit, you know, kick it up here and there. Uh, yeah, they, they would probably say, you know, yeah, Nate. Just rolling it back on yeah, the green. Nate, Nate takes some liberties there. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Hey, but I also like to cook. Well, oh, yeah. not, so now, you're, now we're talking. So yeah. what's your, what's your go-to? If, you if, if you're betting a million dollars, what's your go-to dish? Um, either a uh, prime rib roast. Okay. Uh, or uh, pork butt. Ah, yeah. Okay, so you're a barbecue guy. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Me too. I yeah. spent way too much money on grill, a grill, a, a custom-made grill. Um, I love every minute of it. I, I grew up in a barbecue shack. My, my granddad, uh, Papa Tucker, was a, a, a grill master. Really? So, yeah. Had a barbecue business growing up, so I, I grew up with that. That was, you know, just the everyday deal. You know, going down and chopping wood and and learning about wood, learning about heat and how heat hmm. transfers through, you know, uh, the barrel. So yeah. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I, I've always enjoyed it, but really started when I was a high school principal. Like, is it as a just a stress relief? No. Yeah. yeah, I know. Who, who knew, right? And then I really got into it and got got pretty good at it, and um, just now thoroughly enjoy it. I, I do all all the cooking at home and try to do as much as I can. All the family events. Yeah, I 
as much as I can do. Yeah. So, and you enjoy the beach? I love the beach, and <laughs> I do tend to get made fun of as a Latina. I'm not supposed to fry as badly burns as like I do. Burns like a turnip. <laughs> she burns like a turnip. It's good to but, know that you have colleague support when you you're know, outside of the office. It doesn't keep me from loving it. Does not keep me from loving it. That's 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 hilarious. Yeah. Well, one of you cheating in golf, the other one's getting burnt up. Burnt so up. Sounds like a great pair. <laughs> well, I want to end with this. Like, I'm I'm really excited that you've got practitioners helping our leaders. That, right. That's important, right? That's important. It's important to know that the people that are that are helping you, supporting you, your growth, have done it. Understand what the struggle is. Understand where the barriers are for kids. And so, I want to commend you for that. Um, and I also want to, you know, advocate. Hey, there are so many great leaders out there. I mean, we need to get we need to get y'all's name out because all I get questions all the time about. Hey, I, I need to. Do you think I should get my doctorate? You know, where should I go? And 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 how you know how does it work best for me? So, um, is there anything that y'all want to shout out or how to get in contact with you guys if, if some of our aspiring administrators are looking to jump into the the doctorate work? Oh, absolutely. Please email me, call me, text me. Uh, melissa.arambidi at tamuc.edu. Uh, we would love to work with you. And when we say that uh, work with you, we really mean that. We are partnering with our students. Yeah, and you can do uh, tamuc.edu slash edl, and that'll take you to our departmental website. And it's full of information on all the programs that, that are there. You know, I've got a lot of superintendent friends, um, and we're all, it's always great when we offer stuff to, to our staff. Would you, do you all have any satellite campus, or would you all be interested maybe in having some satellite campuses at certain districts around the, the state? We have a satellite campus at Dallas, 8750 North uh, Central Expressway, uh, and then we lead through the cohort model. Okay. And so, yeah, it's possible to have a, a cohort that's uh, where we look at data uh, and solutions specific to your district, specific to your, your students, and we'll be happy to do that. You can contact Dr. Aaron Beatty for a doctoral cohort, and I can take care of the master's cohorts. Fantastic. So... How about this as we sign off? When y'all get up and running with the, with the coaching component, maybe there's a time where we could come and, and speak to some of, the, some of the students about their experiences. Um, you know, particularly if it's somewhere, obviously you probably got students all over the state, but it would be good to get their, these up and coming administrators and what they're seeing and what they're experiencing. Absolutely, we're using uh, uh, Dr. Aguilar's book, Coaching for Equity. Okay. So yeah, I think that'd be wonderful. Fantastic, okay, well, um, any last shout outs before we sign off? Hey, go Lions. Go Lions. Thanks for having us. It was my pleasure. Thank y'all for joining us. Thanks, man.